Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. All right, on to another round of wide receivers here in the 2020 NFL Draft. Last time we talked um, some of the bigger guys in, in the class, Jerry Judy, we talked C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson. But now, Pat Cotter, we're going to talk about some real speedsters, the, the guys who are going to take the top off of a defense who, playing alongside and playing in a right situation, I think these guys all have a chance to be really, really good. So we're going to talk about Henry Ruggs, we're going to talk about Jalen Ragor, and we're going to, going to talk K.J. Hamler. Um, the first thing that comes to mind, speed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All these guys are, are just extremely fast, and they use that to their, you know, to their advantage. That's their their main element in their game for the most part. Some of these guys, they definitely all have their intricacies, but uh, all of them, I mean, I like all of them in, in general. Yeah, so why don't we kick this thing off with uh, another Alabama receiver? Like I said, we already talked Jerry Judy. Let's talk Henry Ruggs the third. 5'11", 188 pounds, huge mitts, man. Huge mitts. Massive. Ten, 10 and an 8-inch hands. Were those the biggest one hands in the draft? Of the I wide think other than position? Donovan Peoples-Jones. Okay. Some, oh, Juwan Johnson, I think it was. Juwan, yeah, well, that makes sense. Hands. I mean, Henry Ruggs is 5'11". Juwan Johnson's 6'5", or something like that. So, Oh, Donovan Peoples-Jones' hands were just as big as his. Okay. So. Uh, 40, 427. Everybody knows that he, uh, you know, took the cake with that one, running that, you know, sub 4'3". Just a, an absolute burner. But he's really explosive, too. You know, 42-inch vertical. 10 foot 11 inch broad um yeah, yeah this, this is a guy who i when we talk about strengths and we'll start there um you know absolutely dead deadly when working in space and through zones you just got to get this guy in open space now alabama had so many weapons on that offense that we didn't see rugs quite a bit like a ton you know no. what i mean like he they have so many guys in judy and Devonte smith um you know I mean, all over the Waddle, place. Waddle, Jalen Waddle. Yeah. They're they're loaded all over the place. So, a lot of times, I think we kind of ask, you know, we're sitting there thinking to ourselves like, man, we wish we could see more of this guy. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what he only had like forty catches all year, forty two uh, total touches. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's not much. Like, and that's one thing I worry about him is like, why didn't he do better? Why was he not more involved? Like, I, I get it that Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, and uh, and Smith were all there, to, like dominating targets, but. If you're a really good receiver, shouldn't you be dominating? Shouldn't you be taking those receptions away from them? And they do spread the ball out a good amount. But, I mean, Judy got 60-some 60 60 some targets. 60-some um, catches, yeah. Yeah, uh, or 60, yeah exactly. Uh, and why wasn't Ruggs getting more involved? That's a big, one of the big questions I have. Yeah, it's just the, the college production isn't going to translate to the next level because we didn't see a ton. Now, the stuff that we did see, again, deadly when working in space. This is a guy you just need to get in the open field. Uh, I said, look, if you aren't pressing him, he's going to burn you. Um, when you oh, let yeah. him create, oh, yeah. when you let him kind of set you up and, and take you to the inside, because a lot of times corners are so scared uh, you know, to really run with him because they know that they can't. And they're, they're going to try to, you know, keep that backpedal. And a lot of times um, when they want to turn to run with him to the outside, to the boundary, he's going to be able to yeah. make a move to the inside. I, I noticed that on tape is is he's really good at setting DBs up where, um, you know, making them think that, okay, I'm going to run, I'm going to push you to the boundary, I'm going to go, and you're going to have to turn and run with me. And then all of a sudden he's going to make a move and, and run a route that, that's 
um, you know, creating space to the inside. So, you know, they're, they're, he's just a, such a fluid and explosive athlete, and he's going to be a nightmare in the right situation. I think playing alongside some bigger receivers, Pat, is going to help him, guys who might eat, eat up a little bit more man, press man. Um, but look, man, I think he has a chance to be the best receiver in this class. I mean, I think he, he has that chance. Um, I would like, like you said, for him to at least be with another competent receiver. Like, I don't want him going like somewhere that just has nobody. Like, you don't want him as your main focus of your offense, I feel like, just because he's not going to be able to take over a game in terms of just dominating at the catch point, in terms of just running extremely, like, really good routes to get to break open. He will, you know, break a defense, but you need to be able to have somebody else to go to if they like double him. Cause if they, if, if a team doubles him, I don't see him being able to just do that in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree. I, th- and this is the difference between CD lamb and Jerry Judy to this group of guys that we have. And I think we are going to echo some things when we talk about Jalen Ragor and KJ Hamler, um, that they aren't going to be the focal point. Like they oh, yeah. can be very productive and I think that all of these guys have a chance to be Here's the thing is all three of these guys, at least I think Regor and Ruggs have a chance to be the best receiver because if they're in a really good situation, they're so explosive yeah. that those fantasy point, those big fantasy productions are going to come. That's why they have the best chance to to be number 1 guys in this class. The thing with Judy and Lamb is, and tell me if you disagree, but they have the total package. They have that game that's going to be able to, okay, who are you looking for on third and four? Judy and Lamb. Are you going to be looking for? Oh yeah. Are you going to be looking for Henry Ruggs on third and four? I mean, not as often yeah, no, as those guys, right? Not. Those are the type of players that they can win in any any situation, all over the field. No matter, I think what team that they land on, those guys are going to be able to win and be. Oh, yeah. Productive. And this is where you kind of need to look at it from a a little bit more of a fantasy perspective. I could easily see Ruggs being a much more valuable player on a football team than a fantasy asset. Like He's being one of those guys like you get like Deshaun Jackson type production where he's going to win you weeks, but he's also not going to contribute on others. So especially like I've heard him mock to uh, I've heard him mock to Denver, like is one of the places that is really looking into him. And I'd like that. You know, you have Cortland Sutton, a big athletic kind of guy that can go up and get it, and he's shown ability to, you know, be, really become a number one in this past year. And if you add a guy like Ruggs on the other side of him who can, like, you know, take the top off a of defense and not let you kind of shape production towards uh, towards Cortland Sutton, I think that could be really dangerous. I think that would be a great landing spot. And that's the same thing that I wrote down. Will you get consistent production from Henry Ruggs? Because it is possible that he's a one-trick pony. I think the Deshaun Jackson comp is a pretty decent one. Um, you know, beating man press isn't his strength is another one of the kind of the weaknesses that I... You know, he's not long. He's not strong. He doesn't have a ton of moves off the line of scrimmage. But again, when he gets an open space, if you get him the football, he is one of, if not the most uh, electric, deadly guys on the field. Like, he can take a slant that a lot of guys, that's going to be an, a 7, 8, 12-yard gain, mm-hmm. and he's going 65, 70. So that's the type of player he is. You got to love that when you talk about uh, again right situation and you know splash plays. I love splash play guys, guys that can pick up pick up big chunks like he can. So this is a, a perfect example, Pat, of a player who you really need to take a look at where he's going to get drafted. 
which team is he going to land on? I think Denver would be a good spot for him, given the the current situation that they have at receiver. I think yeah. there there are a number of good spots, but you're going to have to pay attention to where he goes. Yeah, I mean, like the places like the Packers would be would be a good spot for him. Maybe even like replacing Diggs in in uh, in Minnesota. In Minnesota, um, I mean, again, there are some like places that I wouldn't really care for him at. Like if he went to the Eagles, I mean. He, I don't want him to be like the big, the only guy in town. Like you know, they have still have Ertz and Goddard, who they could still use, kind of like more of like a Tyree Kill, um, uh, Kelsey thing. But Ruggs is not Tyree Kill. Like he doesn't. I don't see him very like fighting for balls in in you know in traffic, which he didn't really get a, a really good chance to, just because there was always going to be somebody open. So two didn't need to throw it into traffic to Ruggs, um, but uh, he does catch the ball very well. Like that's one thing that I really noticed. He really. Um, kind of plucks the ball out of the air, and he and I didn't see him with too much of any issue with like drops, which a lot of speedsters we do worry about. Yeah, there we didn't see a whole lot of that on tape, which was great. Um, so yeah, I think that that you know Rugs again has a has a great chance to make a huge impact at the right situation. But reiterating the point that he's not Judy, he's not CD Lamb. Um, he could be a guy who maybe falls flat on his face. That That is a definite oh, yeah. possibility. All right, let's talk about Jalen Ragor at a TCU, Pat. And this is a guy that I think is built a little more differently. Like, he is a speedster, don't get me wrong, but he looks more sturdy. He looks a little bit more of that complete package um, for me out of the wide receiver position, 5'11", 206. So he's got about almost 20 pounds on, oh, yeah. uh, on rugs. He's got... Oh, let's see. He's got almost 30 pounds on K.J. Hamler. So he's a little more sturdy. Some of the combine results for Jalen Ragor, uh, the 40-yard dash, I know we, we hoped that he would run a little bit faster, 4-4, maybe a sub-4-4. He ran a 4-4-7, uh, but he plays fast. That's one of the things that we noticed on the tape, but very explosive. Vertical, 42 inches broad, 11 feet, 6 inches. Um, had a much better year in 2018, 72 for over 1,009. In 2019, a little bit of a dip, 49 receptions, over 600, and just five touchdowns. Um, But I think, you know, one of the things that does concern me here is how will he make the jump from Big 12 play to the NFL? We've seen a lot of guys, skill position guys, fall flat on their face coming from that conference. How will he make that transition from going, you know, from that unique spread, uh, you know, schemes that a lot of these teams run and, and defenses don't just don't seem to be the top priority for the Big 12. But Pat, this was a guy I'm, I want to let you talk about him a little bit because you really liked him. Some of the things you really paid attention to and you really liked was the fact that he would go up and win balls. He he would pluck balls out of the air over his head. That was something that he does really well. Yeah, I mean, he kind of had to. Like their quarterback was was absolutely terrible. What does he have, Doug Duggar or no? Um, yeah, so I can't remember what his yeah, name was. Yeah, their quarterback. But... He's just he's just really bad. He's just you know, like he was throwing balls all over. He he would overthrow guys. He'd underthrow guys. There'd be guys running completely different routes than what he's thrown to. So Rager kind of had his work cut out for him. They would and they would throw the ball up to him just to just to go get a lot. Like that surprised me from a guy like him is that they would just run you know fade patterns to him or or just. Or, you know, the quarterback be get coming close to getting hit and he'd just chuck it up to him and he'd go up and win those balls. He he has like excellent, excellent body control. The, the, like his ability to just spin around and pluck the ball out of the air is pretty amazing to me. Um and that what that's what makes me kind of put him a little bit above rugs even, because I think he has that ability to 
really even be a number one guy. Like I could, I could, I'd be more, I would be, I would be what? Like, uh, I think he would be better off by himself than Ruggs would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I actually agree with that. I think that he does have a chance to be better off by himself. If he has to be kind of the guy in mm-hmm. you know, some desolate place in the NFL, I think he could maybe do better at that than Ruggs could. Um, yeah, he really has that combination of shiftiness, elusiveness, and explosiveness. So he's not just going to be a guy who runs by you. Very shifty. Um, but you know what I really like is he's going to blow, you know, right by guys off man, you know, man co- off man coverage is what I saw on tape is guys who are playing off man, those corners. You know, if they're not in good position, if they're not thinking about getting their hips around and running with him, like he blows right by guys. He blows right by guys. They don't have time to recover. So that that game speed, I think he does play a little bit faster in that four four seven, and that's you know that's something that's that's uh, you know offenses in the NFL are certainly going to love about his game. Very adept at catching the ball above his head, high pointing the football. We already talked about that. Um, I you know I said he looks a little more sturdy than Rugs. He's a regular at fooling DBs. This is something else, man, that we liked is double moves. He uh he made a kind of a normal routine of just making DBs look foolish on, um you know on those stop and goes and 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 double moves to essentially you know get guys to bite up and then go over the top. Yeah, I mean I was really impressed with with his route running ability. That's something like that I was looking for more in rugs, but you know especially with these speedy guys, I worry about them not really developing a good route tree just because they can just outrun everybody. And I mean, I don't even know if Ruggs is, is 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 like a poor route runner. I don't think he is, but like he didn't really have to run all that much at Alabama, just because of the talent they had. Regor, you kind of saw him really just fooling guys and going right by him. Yeah. So the the other thing too here is, I thought he stepped up in big moments. The 2018 Ohio State film that we watched, the game at TCU. Uh, you know, contested catches both versus both Akuda and Damon Arnett. That catch he had yeah, against ridiculous. Damon Arnett, where he's running down, it's basically just a go uh, outside the numbers. You know, does a really good job of not pressing the sideline too much, giving his quarterback a, an opportunity to make that throw against the boundary. You see, guys, too many times, you know, they get too close to the sideline and they're not giving their quarterback time. He made, he made did a really good job of of shielding off Damon Arnett with one arm. And making a one-handed catch along the sideline. That was a really, really nice play. And then he had a really nice, uh, there was a slant pass against Jeff Akuda that tight coverage um, made a really nice contested catch. Yeah, he, I thought he did some really good things in some big games, too. So that's something that I love to see from him is playing good against big-time corners. Guys who were, you know, obviously Akuda's a top three, top five pick, we think. So uh, that was impressive, too, and I, I love to see that. Um, what about some weaknesses? The only one that I had written down, Pat, was will he make the again the transition from the Big Twelve to the to the NFL? But there wasn't a lot about his game that I didn't like. Yeah, I was about to say too. You make a good point of about him going up against guy like the Ohio State corners because that's something you do worry about is that transition over to like the NFL from that from that like just playing those that level of defense. Like they're just it's not just that they're not that good. And when you see him do well against guys like Akuda and Arnett, you're like, well, maybe he can really dominate a good corner or just at least put his put up his own. Um, the one thing that I did do like or I do worry about with him is that he does have a little bit of a tendency to drop the ball. 
Like he makes like some concentration drops and just like seems like he's just not catching the ball quite as cleanly as he liked to, even though he does a, a good job of catching on for the most part. Like he'll go up and that pluck that ball out of there. It's one of the biggest the the big things I love about him, but like he'll have some just drops you're just like, What are you doing, man? Yeah, so okay, let let's let's transition then. Let's talk about the the third guy on the list and KJ Hamler. Um, I think that we're both on the same page with Regor and Ruggs, two guys that, hey, if they're the number one receiver in this class in two years, is it going to completely shock us? Probably not. Um, we wouldn't expect it over Judy and and C.D. Lamb, but we're both very pleased with the tape that we saw from both these guys. Um, a little bit different players in, in Regor and Ruggs, but, but two guys that we think have a really, really good chance to excel at the next level. Now, Hamler, Pat, I think you're a little bit um, – you, you do think that he's kind of that next tier down, uh, at least a step below these two players. Explain. I do. I, I just – he's he's a very small guy. And I think that he's – you know, he's, he's definitely very fast. And one of the things that you kind of pointed out to me is he doesn't really have a like – he doesn't catch the ball as clean as you'd like you to. Like you to. Um, he's kind of a body catcher, which – this is something we worry about with these smaller guys is they just tend to drop the ball a little bit more. It seems as like a, they just don't, they don't, don't catch the ball quite as cleanly. Um, I think, you know, he has a pretty good, he's a pretty good route runner. Um, but I just, I don't think he's going to translate quite as well just because of his size. And he doesn't offer quite as much to me as rugs does just because of, he doesn't have that, that type of speed. And, with some of his catching issues. That's why I worry a little bit. Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk a good bit about Hamler because I'm, I'm going to try not to be... I Obviously, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast. We're, we're from Pennsylvania. I grew up a Penn State fan, went to Penn State, and I've, you know, I've, I've watched I watch every game. I've, I've seen a lot of K.J. Hamler, and I there are a lot of things that I love about K.J. Hamler that make me think he's going to be a game-breaker at the next level, and there are certain things that I think that are going to hold him back at the next level. And that was one of them that you just said. We talked about this is not... There There are a lot of times where I want to see him, again, pluck the ball out of the air, go up, use his hands, catch it cleanly, and he doesn't do that a lot. There's a lot of bobbles, a lot of body catching, which, look, Heinz Ward made a... I'm not saying KJ Hamler's Heinz Ward's are completely different players. He made a, a living out of catching the ball with his body and using his body... And there were games, the Minnesota game, when you turn that on, you see contested catches and KJ shielding off defenders, even at his you know, 5'8", 175, 180-pound frame, shielding off defenders and catching the ball into his chest and, and using his body, um, you know, body catching, as we say. But he did it effectively, and he made big-time catches in those situations. But I think he's going to have to be more complete with, with his hands, catching the football consistently, um, to be, to kind of maximize his game at the next level because you you can't just be that one trick pony in the NFL. A lot of times, unless you're really really good at it, um, it it's hard to do. Now, we know he's explosive. We know he's really fast. If you said, okay, give me one player in this draft who's going to, uh, you know, juke a couple defenders out in a phone booth, like KJ might be that guy for me. If I had to pick him, well, you put on the Iowa tape this year, he had that play where he caught that ball in the flat and, like, I mean, made three or four guys look like, you know, like idiots. I mean, he he has that ability. Um, very quick, has 
a lot of diversity in his game in the sense that he can return punts and return kicks. And I think all three of these guys offer that. Um, I think that KJ's look, I think he's a guy who has a chip on his shoulder. Just watching him play a lot. He, he, he was overlooked coming out of college a little bit towards ACL, his senior high school redshirted his freshman year was kind of like a three-star guy. Um, I think he's always played with that big attitude. We talked about DJ Dallas, right? Be playing with a big attitude. KJ's got a little bit of that in him. He's got a little bit of that. He's got swagger. He's got a big personality. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I think a lot of times guys who have that mentality going into the NFL, that really helps them. <laughs> you know, playing playing with you know that alpha male mentality, and, and KJ certainly has that about him. But look, I'm not disagreeing that he might be a step below these other guys. Ruggs might be a little bit faster. I think he offers a little bit more. Um, Regor might offer a little bit more. But, look, I'm a KJ guy. I do think that KJ has a chance to be one of the best four, maybe five receivers in this class, no question. Um, but there are certainly things that the other guys seem to, to have more consistently that he doesn't do as consistently. So, hopefully, he can kind of mesh that game-breaking part of his game with a more consistent pass catcher and I think if he does that you're going to be looking at a guy who rewards you with some really good fantasy production but if you're drafting him in the second excuse me maybe third round in your dynasty draft in your rookie draft I, I'd be excited about that I'd be excited about getting him in the back half of the second round or maybe even the early third I don't know if he gets quite to the third round maybe in R's just given our structure but yeah i mean the thing i worry about with him is the same thing i worry about with the rugs is is he going to be the deshaun jackson type maybe even a little sure. bit lower yeah just because like i think he's even more reliant on his speed to do to win everything i think rugs can potentially do a little bit more than that where hamler is going to be 100 percent speed reliant and, and i could see him developing his route running a little bit better and that would really help him out but that's what i worry about and I don't see Hamler, unless he turns into Tyreek Hill, somehow, becoming a guy that you're going to have even as a, a low-end wide receiver, too. I think he's going to be more of a flex guy for the most of his career. Mm. With some definitely okay. some blow-up games. Definitely blow-up games, but I don't think I'm ever going to want him, unless I have a very strong team, as my my guy going into the year. You know, He's not going to get there. I just don't think he has that, that potential. It's hard to predict right now. I do think he has that potential to be a wide receiver too at the next level. Um, just, yeah, I'm talking in terms of fantasy. I I yeah, think he could no, be a really good I mean. wide receiver too on a team. I think he can be a wide receiver too in fantasy. Okay. I, I do. Yeah. I think yeah. he, I think he has that potential. I don't. I don't think it should be overlooked how how much this can this guy can break a game wide open. Um, but again, I I agree. Like there are some things that we want to see more consistently. But all three of these guys, I mean, in wrapping this thing up, I, I think Regor, I think Ruggs and Hamler, they offer such a unique skill set, such a, uh, I hate to keep working using the word game-breaking, but they are those guys. Like, if you want four for a buck 25, like, they, they're going to give it to you once in a while. They're going to give it to you more often than not. So, um, love what all three of these guys offer. And, uh, I, it, look, when we talk about, like our second group of wide receivers, you think there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. But, man, this even this second round of, of 
guys in our podcast series here, this is great. I mean, this, this these guys are all have chance to be studs at the next level. Oh yeah, and there's more names coming. Like guys, like tons don't, of names like, coming. Don't sleep on on T Higgins or or Lavishka Chenault. Like, yeah. and you know, another guy that we're going to kind of throw in there is, is Brandon Mims on that la- on in that next group. And I, I mean, I've seen things that I can I could really like Denzel from, Mims. From, yeah, yeah, Brandon, Brandon Mims. Mims. <laughs> That's a white guy name if I ever <laughs> Denzel Mims is much sweeter than Brandon Mims. I'm glad yeah. it's I'm glad it's Denzel. Yeah, me me too. Me too. Okay, all right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for these three guys tonight. So, we'll be getting we're recording this uh late on March 22nd. Um late Saturday night, so we'll get this out and then we'll get a cup We're hoping to get a couple more this week of the wide receiver because we just have so many to talk about. We're talking about 15 to potentially 18 receivers that we need to get to. So we want to get all these out before the NFL draft and then, of course, the quarterbacks and tight ends as well. But that just about does it. Does it for us at Pad the Stats. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.